Hello and welcome to my podcast. I don't know how it happened, but with me, Annie Hayes Pantony, yoga business owner, actress, and definitely menopausal. For years, I wanted to do stand-up, but hey, I'm not funny. So I thought at least if I come on here, I won't get heckled. I'd love you to join me on this crazy little ride called midlife. So if you're a woman on this roller coaster and you'd like tips, advice, insight into my research on signs and symptoms, I can hopefully help you through yours. It'll be inspirational, playful, educational and thought-provoking, funny, witty, sometimes gritty and possibly the occasional tears. So hey, grab a copper, get comfy and join me, the host, with my foggy brain and, and, um, hey, why don't you just listen? Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome. God, today, it's such a lovely day, isn't it? The sun is shining. Well, it is where I am, and I hope the sun is shining on you too. Um, I've just finished teaching a yoga class, and in a moment, I'm going to be starting to introduce you to my next guest. I'm actually, um, I'm actually, this is how it's working right now. I'm waiting for Michelle to come on. I'll introduce you to her properly in a moment. And I'm just sitting in my yoga den, which is at the bottom of my garden. Um, and yeah, while I wait for Michelle to come on, because we record this on um, Zoom, I'm just kind of looking out at a tree that's next door. I'm also looking at these tiny, tiny, tiny little uh, walls, little birds that are kind of climbing in next door's uh, brickwork, like in between. They need some pointing done, I think. They're literally, how can a little bird even fit in there? I wish you could see this. I know you're not with me, but I'm just watching these birds going in. Wowzers. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I sit in my garden and just see all these beautiful um, birds just joining me in my garden. I've got a little, um, oh, please look on my Instagram because I, I put a little video up. I might put it on an actual post because in stories they disappear, don't they? But they were literally having a bath in my bird bath. And I know it's called a bird bath, but they were actually having a bath. And that, that it started off with one, and then loads kept joining, and they were literally like rolling around in my bird bath for ages. This is just beautiful. This is just beautiful. Um, and I just think it's so important, isn't it, to just, you know what, if you're grateful for all these tiny little things that you see in your day, maybe when things get a little bit tough, those things aren't so bad because you keep remembering what it is you're grateful for. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that really. Um, I'm, I'm going to check the time. This is like a proper live one here because this is going out today. Like th this is happening. As it happens, it's going out as it's happening. So I'm talking to you and this is going to be up on my podcast very soon. 
and it's not even recorded yet. How exciting is that? So ladies, Michelle's just come on and I'm really excited. So as I promised you, uh, another lovely guest today. And I met Michelle on Instagram, good old Instagram. Now Michelle is, let me give her her right title here, Dr. Michelle Griffin (laughs) has worked in the NHS for over a decade and she is a gynecologist. Now, she has had uh, senior roles at Public Health England and the Department of Health. Now, Michelle is the Chief Medical Officer at Vera Health. And this is the exciting part for me, ladies, and you too, is leading the clinical development of Stella, a new app that helps women manage symptoms of menopause. Now, Come on, ladies, that is a big applause right now. So hi, <laughs> so lovely hi, to see you again. So we literally only just spoke on Instagram yeah. was it last week. I lose my week. No, earlier this week, actually. It was this week, wasn't it? Mm, but I was saying this week's just gone like crazy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had a little chat. And so let me, well, firstly, one, wow. You're kind of um, the medical officer at Vera Health. Yes, yes. Like, let's tell us, tell us all about (laughs) this. Yeah, so Vera Health is a new company. It was started um, just over a year ago by the co-founders, Andrea Berkovich and Rebecca Love. And um, it's very much a company that is centred around women's health. We are a digital health company, so we are developing digital treatments um, for women's health conditions. So when we talk about digital treatments, by and large, that is apps. And I think that, you know, we are becoming, you know, as a population and as a society, we're becoming more and more comfortable with the idea that apps are having more of a role in our lives. And they're not just something which, you know, when I think about it, check my train times or use music. Um, it's you know they're really having more of a role and definitely in healthcare and I think we've seen a lot due to COVID and different ways of working in healthcare Um, so yeah it's a really super exciting time for Vera Health because I think we've got a super movement going on in women's health especially in menopause and that's where our first product is Stella as you said Mm -hmm. is an app for relief from menopause symptoms and at the same time I think people are becoming more comfortable and actually possibly seeking out different ways to get at their healthcare. Um, and apps is one of the great ways for that. And you can definitely look it up on Instagram and it's rely underscore on underscore Stella. And I'll make sure that this is written in the notes with the podcast. But so could you, let's talk about this app then because mm. I've, it, I've joined it and um, what exactly, because like you say, you know, you can look up and that, like you've just said about, you can look for your train times and everything, but yeah. how can women feel really confident that mm. that is going to help them? Because let's, I mean, let's face it, trying to get a, an appointment at the doctors right now, well, you can't even yeah. get to see a doctor anyway. So yeah, let's move forward in this new way, but have something that really, really works. Definitely. Yeah. So, no, I think that's key. So the thing, the, the real um, uniqueness of Stella is that we believe it is 
the first app out there that will actually give you relief from menopause symptoms. So yes, it provides information. It's a great place for community and we can talk about that in a moment. But we built it to actually be a treatment for women. It's not just an information platform or a symptom tracker. It is there. So when you join Stella, it's very, very quick. We really thought about the woman and what does the woman want. And my background as a gynecologist, I've spent so long sitting in a clinic thinking, if only we could do this, if only I had this resource, if only I had this much time, or if I could bring a psychologist in or a pelvic floor physiotherapist or a medical illustrator or a nutritionist, because this is what you need in so many conditions, but especially in menopause, because it affects so many parts of our body, physically and mentally and emotionally. So when you come on to Stella, you very quickly are just asked two questions. One, what symptoms bother you from a long list? And you just pick them. So it's super simple. And the second question is, rank those symptoms. Which ones bother you most? And we take your most bothersome symptoms and devise a personalized treatment plan for you that lasts for 12 weeks to start with. So everyone will go on to their own personalized 12-week plan. Because let's face it, everybody's is completely different, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. There is no kind of one-size-fits-all. Somebody will be experiencing completely different symptoms to somebody else. But equally, even if you have somebody who is experiencing the same symptoms, They could occur at different times, have different intensity. You could be on HRT. You may not be on HRT. You may be taking supplements. You may be having acupuncture. You may be very physically fit and active, or you may not be. And so we really try to, you know, tailor this and personalize it to reflect how individual somebody's menopause journey is. There is not just a standard, this is what happens during perimenopause and menopause. Now I know what it is that's what I need to do. You know, if it was, it wouldn't be quite so complicated as it is. So yeah, it's really important that we get women to have their personalized plan where they can focus in on the symptoms that bother them. And then they go through this 12 week plan and each week, um, a lesson which takes about 10 minutes to read, or we've done it as an audio um, as well. So you can listen to it. We were thinking about short on time. They want to listen to it on the way to work or Perfect. you know, while they're getting ready or whatever. It's literally about 10 minutes or so just to listen to. And that's a week's lesson. And the lesson also has different content. It's not just text. And so there's videos, there's animations, there's things for you to do. But each lesson is built around a topic that relates to your bothersome symptoms. So a great example would be, let's think about sleep. It's really common in perimenopause. Yeah. Sleep disturbance goes through the roof. You feel like you can't get to sleep. You wake up all the time. You're waking up early. And so you need to get back into a good habit, into a good pattern of sleeping well. And so each week that you walk through your plan and you're focusing on the sleep bit, you will have a lesson that relates to one topic of sleep. And as I say, it's a very short lesson. And it's followed up with a list of habits that relate to that lesson. So a great example is um, you may be thinking, if you take sleep again, thinking about what things do you eat, drink and do that may be good or bad for your sleep. So a typical one is what's your caffeine, what's your alcohol, when are you doing your exercises, um, um, kind of activity, and when are you eating um, your last meal at night? 
Now, somebody could look at that and think, well, I don't drink alcohol. Well, great. That's not a habit that they need to look yeah, at. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody else might think, gosh, yeah, you're right. Now I've read the lesson. I've understood how caffeine affects our sleep. Gosh, yeah, I need to stop my caffeine much earlier in the day. I'm going to focus in on that habit. And that's going to be the habit that I build and work yeah. on that week. So you set that habit, you get reminders, you get rewards when you kind of do your habit. Um, and that sets you up. And as you can see, over the 12 weeks, building a habit each week, you develop a new kind of set of skills, a new set of habits that are really personalized to your symptoms and your situation. So you're a coffee loving sleep deprived person yeah. which you would be if you were that do. much as a coffee definitely, definitely. <laughs> I used to and be then, um I, I do drink one cup of coffee a day but I mean I'm an Irish mm. girl through and through cups of tea for me tea after tea after tea after tea mm. and I could never sleep and then and now I've cut back on my tea and my mm -hmm. sleep is better so you know it does and, work. And you do think, don't you, that, well, a cup of tea is all right. That's not coffee, but there's caffeine in regular tea. Yeah, definitely. So and I've also changed. kind of reaching for your Coke in the mid-afternoon. That was, you know, that's really common in the little mm. pick-me-up, a diet Coke full of caffeine. And if you're kind of having that at five, six o'clock when maybe you've just got home from work, you're busy sorting things out of an evening and you think, oh, God, I'm, I'm lagging a bit. Yeah. I need to have a little pick-me-up. You're reaching for these things. And so it really does affect you. And I think that's the key thing. We all have developed habits. You know, I always say this. We are creatures of habit. Yes, Whether they're absolutely. good habits or bad we habits. We spoke about we, this, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. For sure. We, we're used to doing things, aren't we? Yeah. You know, yeah. and you don't even think about it anymore. It's become automatic. Um, and so it really helps you to just take that moment by somebody, you know, reading it or you're listening to it each week to go, oh, yeah, that is me. Mm. Oh, goodness. I haven't thought about that. I didn't connect that. I never thought about what I was eating and drinking or how late I was eating and how that might affect how well I sleep. Um, and so we really build up through the 12 weeks of these, you know, your habits and you've got the, you've got the knowledge behind you. So it's not like you've sat and been told by a doctor, you should really do X, Y, Z and go off and just, you know, left to your own devices. Yeah. It's really supporting you and guiding you through it. You understand why. But to kind of really engage you and chisel you on, we have coaches. And so this is all inside the Stellar app. And we have a coach function that is like a chat. And it's not bots. Everyone always says, oh, you must be doing it as a box. It's not at all. And That's you basically great. have somebody who goes, hey, how are you doing? I've noticed you've not you've not done what you said you were going to do. Or are you struggling with this? Can I help you anyway? Do you want some more information? Do you want to chat something through? They're there for whatever you need. Mm. And some people will think, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I don't, you know, it's just text messaging. Yeah. It's not face to face. Yeah. But it's they might think, I'm quite happy. I've got my information. I've got yeah. my habit and I'm set up. Perfect. Totally fine. But other people we find actually need more support, need yes. more guidance, yeah. need a bit more motivation, need more help often. And they're really like, you know, actually, they're reaching out and they're sort of saying, look, I'm really struggling this week. I really just want to give it all up. What do I do? And mm. it's at those points, it's really useful to have that person who's been trained, who's gone in and is, is working towards helping you reach your goals. 
Yeah. And it's taking you back to say, look, I'm here. I can support you. What's going on? Do we need to take a little pause? How can I help? And then other times it's just knowing that someone you have to be accountable to, that someone's going to be checking on you and yes. seeing that. And what's lovely is you can just develop the relationship to what it, what you want and how yeah. you want yeah. to use it. Again, we've made it really focused on the user rather than just saying, this is the one type of menopause journey you're going to have. This is the one plan and this is the one type of coaching. We've really tried to build in as much flexibility as possible because that's what I know from my clinical experience works the best is really mm. tailoring it to what you need and what well, the, yeah definitely well the thing is like myself as a menopause woman you know I've mm. I've gone through the perimenopause which is why I started this podcast in the first place because I didn't know about it so I wanted to teach women what might be happening yeah. so I give them all my information of what happens to me but also guests like you to give them you know support mm. um but it is that thing of I know by all the people I've spoke to and all of the research I've done, there is no, there's no two menopauses the same. You know, no. we might say, oh, God, yeah, I've got foggy brain. Yeah, so have I. But there'll be so many other things and reasons and things that spark it off or, you know, and different things. And the fact Definitely. that you do have this um, little chat that people can do, I think that's great because I, I genuinely think that, a lot of women feel they are on their own mm. and they need someone to just go, yeah, but this is how I feel. And, and it is almost like, yeah, but I'm doing all that. And I still feel like, you know, and it's that exactly. oh, I feel so lost and yeah. helpless. Yeah, it's definitely. That you've got someone and, there at the end of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I go out with my friends and we're of different ages at different stages and, you know, there's a lot of, pressure I think of where someone's saying oh, no I'm not I'm not experiencing anything like that no no I'm fine yeah. and and it and that's kind of when you look back that's gone through a lot of your life I think as a woman you know it's like oh I found it easy to get pregnant no I haven't no, you know yes, I found this easy yeah. I haven't and, then, and this I, is just like the next day oh isn't it? and and do you know what it I don't know if men really do this. Maybe they do. Let's just speak about women. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what men do. Um, it, women, about we, men. And yeah, I was like, I, I have no idea. I like stopped. I stopped being a doctor on men years ago. Please don't answer your question. No, oh, me. God, I won't. I won't. We, we don't even care about them right now. Um, but I don't mean that. Well, I do. I don't. Uh, but... but the thing that women do tend to do is we mm. compare ourselves to others. So it's not yeah. just, and it isn't even like, it's not like, oh, you're comparing because, oh, but I want your symptoms or, oh, you're lucky you have no. got symptoms. Yeah, I don't mean it in that way, but we do compare ourselves. So then when mm. we're feeling a bit rubbish about ourselves because we're yeah. going through these stressful things, it's yeah. almost as if you look at everyone else and think everybody else's life is rosy. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Um, and oh, such and such must be, you know, they're, they're managing this so well. And what's wrong with me? Mm. Why can't I do it yeah. better? Why am I struggling so much? And it becomes like another thing to bash ourselves over the head with. Yeah, say, oh, really no, I'm rubbish does. about that. And so I think that's a, you know, that's why when we built Stella, one of the big things that came up is the need for community because we knew from 
our market research, from reading articles, from my clinical experience, from our own personal experience, that women love community. It's just part of the way that by and large, a lot of us function. And that ability, you know, whenever I'm talking about symptoms, my one, one number, oh, I can't speak now, one of my number one things is to say, this is common, if it's common. Yeah, um, because I just think people need to go, oh, really? You know, when we were talking about anxiety and I said, oh, a third of women in perimenopause report to feeling anxious. And we know that reporting of anxiety and anything that kind of relates to our mind and our emotions tends to be underreported. So mm. it's likely to be more than a third, maybe even a half. Yeah. And I think for a woman to sit there and thinking, my gosh, she just said it's like a third, maybe a half of people are feeling what I'm feeling. That just takes away so much, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. And it just makes you think, I'm not weird. It's not just me. I'm not, you know, I'm not struggling by myself and no one else feels it. And so the community element, I think, is really important. And we try to bring that in in Stella in a number of ways. Um, first of all, we have community questions. So this is separate to your treatment plan. This is all the other wonderful stuff that we offer from our Stella Care team. So when you come on the app, it's not just your treatment plan. There's lots more things to engage and keep you interested and to help, essentially. So as I say, one thing is you can send a question in. That comes to me and the clinical team. And it's anything and everything you've ever wondered. It may be something you've just heard or something you're worrying about or something that you don't know what to do about and send your questions in. And we get lots of things like, you know, this is happening to my hair. I feel like this. Yeah. I started yeah. taking this. What should I expect? All of these kind of things. And then we keep those questions so that people can walk through those questions on Stella. And, they, you know, women using it can go, oh, yeah, I always wondered about that too. So it's a really nice way to do that. But we also have our live sessions. So we have about three to five live sessions a week where people can come and it's very much a setup on Zoom, but you can only see the people who are the experts or on the panel or mm -hmm. hosting it. So if you're yeah. a woman using Stella and you come onto a Zoom, you won't come up, you, there's no video of you, and we've just got an anonymous chat function. So you can ask any questions or yes. get any comments yeah. in. But you can get this sense that actually I'm in the room with Michelle and I'm asking these questions or, oh, wow, Somebody else has asked a question, but that's something I've been thinking about. And I remember I did one recently um, on sex and the changes around how you feel about sex and your sex drive and why you may not be interested in sex anymore and what sits behind all of that. And most importantly, what can you do? And somebody had joined and she, she wrote, I'm sitting here listening to this, but I've got it on loudspeaker um, because my husband's really interested to know too. And he's actually got a question, can I ask? And I was like, yeah, of course. Wonderful. About men's bodies, because as we said, I'm not very good at that. Yeah. But, but he was this just is a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like a nice way, you know, not saying that you have to do that, of course. No, no. But it was just nice to see that lots of people use this in a very different way that works for them. And some people will be like, oh, gosh, I wouldn't have brought my husband in. This is me. I'm upstairs in a bedroom having a quiet moment to myself and listening to this session with you, Michelle. Yeah. And I'm loving all the questions coming in. And I might ask a question if I want. And that's absolutely fine. Of course. Again, I think that flexibility and offering 
lots of different ways for people to interact and use Stella so it works for them. That's the thing. Mm. And people are saying, this is a great place. It's all in one. I know it's backed because it's backed, it's been written by me and the team mm-hmm. at Stella. It's all backed by clinical medicine, evidence, science, nice guidance, um, British Menopause Society. We've got a lot of experts who've been involved in it. So you know that if something's in there, you can trust it. Yes. Yes. And absolutely. I think that's really important. I, I do think, I mean, I, like you, I, I do a, a menopause and yoga workshop. And it is that, I mean, I do see everybody because I need to see them for the yoga side of things. But yeah. what is lovely is what you just said then about someone might ask a question who someone else might be too embarrassed to ask it, mm. but are so thankful that someone else has just asked that question. And, you yeah. know, and it, you know, quite often it is about libido and um, yeah, that's a huge, a huge. Oh, it's a massive topic. It's, it's massive. It's absolutely mm. massive. I mean, um. I mean, God, if there's anything we can tell my listeners today, like something that I'm going to do a whole podcast on it, but is there anything that, you know, any little tips that you can give them? Because I know loads of women who've written to me who've said, you know, I just don't want it anymore or or interested and, you know, and okay, yeah, let's bring the men into this because this is a time of life where, I know there seems to be, you know, maybe marriages that don't work anymore. And some mm-hmm. of it could be for this reason. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah, saying it course. is, but a lot are. A lot. Yeah. And, and I think, so just kind of, it's a massive topic, not to kind of wipe it away, but it yeah, is. No, massive. I know we can't. Go into it. <laughs> but I think what's helpful is for women to, first of all, as I said, that I would say, it's super common. So you're not alone. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is abnormal. It is super common, but it doesn't mean if you are experiencing any changes, and I would really put it in as changes. Some of them can be physical, some of them mental, emotional, changes in your relationship, changes about how you feel about yourself, changes in how you think about yourself in the way that you look, changes in physically how you feel within your kind of body but also specifically around the vulva and vagina if that's sore and everything and I know you did a podcast the other day all looking at that Mm. Um, but there are just lots and lots of changes Um, so if you are feeling changes it is common don't beat yourself up about it but don't feel like it's it's just normal and I have to accept it and this is now this so whatever it is so if you're sort of saying I really don't feel like sex you know, I really actually don't want to have sex, but my partner does. So I'm just, what can I do? Got to lump it. That's it. And on I go and not enjoy it. That's not, you know, nobody is saying that. And that's from a medical, but also from just a personal point of view, like you shouldn't have to feel like that as a woman. Please don't feel like that. And I think the other thing I would say is I don't think enough emphasis is put on the importance of sex and I just mean that in quite a kind of nuanced way in that if you are somebody who you don't want to have sex and your partner doesn't want to have sex and you two have had this discussion and you've agreed you don't want to have sex that's it you you feel totally happy about it your partner feels happy that's fine that's great but you see you've put emphasis 
on getting to that point and having that communication and working out what do you want and what does your partner want. And that's fantastic. If you want to have a lot of sex and your partner wants to have a lot of sex and you've come to that decision and that's what you're doing, then that's great as well. And both of those scenarios are great. But what we commonly see is women just accepting whatever the status quo is. It's not something that they want or that they find pleasurable in the current scenario. So that will be women wanting more sex than they're currently having, not um, not wanting sex, but having to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of feels, you know, it's another topic around consensual sex, but they're just saying, look, it's with my partner and I love my partner, but I'm just not interested in sex. But I do have sex because I feel it's necessary for our relationship. None I of think that's situations... the toughie, isn't it? That's, yeah. I think that situation is the 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 most delicate and most difficult to deal with. Yeah. Um, and that's what we most commonly see. And you, when you bring it up, um, and I remember doing this in clinics, um, because women would come with all different sorts of things. And you know that sex, that's what I mean about the emphasis of sex. Because if someone's coming and they're having heavy periods, if they're worried about getting pregnant, if they're worried about not getting pregnant, mm. if they're worried that... Um, you know, they've got soreness around their vulva and vagina, um, any of these things, that's going to be having an impact on sex. You know, if they've got hot flushes and night sweats and they can't sleep, it's having an impact on sex. Everything comes down to and will affect sex. It's like saying nothing will impact on what you eat and drink. Nothing will impact on your job. Everything has everything kind of, you know, knock on. And so I feel it's really important that you know, we need to address it and bring it up and out into the open. Um, but it does often get brushed away because it's like, well, it's not really what I want, but, you know, that's just what we do. And I was like, whoa, whoa no. you need to like, yeah, we're, have some emphasis on what would you like? What do you find pleasurable when you think about sex? What's a good pleasurable sex life for you? And that's the whole spectrum and it will change. And what you think one month will change to another month, what you thought 10 years ago, maybe in a long term relationship will be different to now. And all of that is normal. And some of it is related to changes going on in perimenopause. And some of it is related to other changes. But I think if anybody could take away from today of the listeners thinking is actually it's common, but I don't need to accept what the current situation is if it's not working for me. And it's definitely worth looking into a bit more. Yeah, no, definitely. And I I think one of the things is possibly, I mean, if, if, for example, it isn't the painfulness, it isn't the periods and their relationships are really good, but for some, they just don't feel like, they don't feel that urge to have sex at the moment. Yeah, no, I've just been talking about this because it's actually sexual health week this week. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, oh. there's quite a lot of chatter going on about this. So I, I think there's a big thing around desire um, because people, there's different forms of sexual desire. And most people are probably um, most familiar with something called spontaneous desire. So you just spontaneously, ad hoc, out of the mm-hmm. blue, think, oh, I feel like having sex. Or I feel sexy. Or I feel turned on. Something like that. Yeah. And that's what we see. That's what we're fed constantly by TV, film, yes. in the book. Yes. Oh, I just walk in a room and I'm taking my clothes off and ah, this is great, fantastic. And you kind of don't realise that as you're watching that and you're being fed that all the time, that's feeding into you going, 
that's not me. I don't feel like that. And then you feel like you're wrong, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then you think, oh, my gosh, where's my sex drive gone? And there's all this, I've got no libido. Where's my sex drive? What's happened? Why don't I fancy it? Oh, my gosh, my marriage is, you know, falling apart. That's it. We're going to get divorced. And boom, you've kind of gone through. And it was all because you watched the TV program and you thought, I I don't really feel like they feel on the TV. But the key thing here is spontaneous desire is so rare, really. And most people experience, men and women, experience responsive desire. That feeling of wanting to have sex, feeling sexy, turned on, etc. as we say, all of that feeling of, around sexual desire comes in response to stimuli. And that can be literally the way your partner looks at you or yeah. the partner has made some dinner for you tonight or just something went really well at work and you lost that stress and you feel more relieved and it's Friday night and you think, actually, it's been a good week and you've taken a little bit of pressure off yourself and it opens your mind up and you can be more responsive to things. And it doesn't all have to be from your partner or even be sex related. It can just be like you've bought yourself a new dress and you think, yeah, I look good. And then suddenly you feel yourself just feeling in a different way, being more open to it. So a lot of the work, and we do address this on Stella, a lot of the work is thinking about how do you kind of open yourself back up to responsive desire? Because when you look at somebody and they're going through perimenopause, quite often they're very overwhelmed. They feel out of control. Mm. Lots of things are happening to their body. It's happening relatively quickly. Like, they, you know, they put on weight, they feel different in their clothes, they feel like they're suffering from a lot of anxiety, maybe their mood swings, that they're not sleeping well, you know, tension is very tense in the household, work is, you know, you're struggling at work. And then you go, yes, yeah, so how often do you just feel responsive to, you know, feeling sexy? Mm. It's like, what? what are you talking what, about? Exactly. <laughs> are you mad? <laughs> I feel rubbish today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, do you know what's interesting as well, what you just said then again about, um, you know, the, the fact that it could just be that, it, I don't know, your partner's done something special or yeah. you've cooked a nice meal. And, and it is that relaxed, isn't it? Because I, it's that it's coming back to what, how we started. It's the habit. It's the habitual mm-hmm. thoughts that we have. So if you're always telling yourself, oh, I've lost my libido, I am not interested in sex, then that's all you're telling yourself. Definitely. You're damn right. That's all you're ever going to feel. Exactly. If, and if, if you're like, I haven't got time to Yeah. Do you think that, that that makes a lot of difference? That if that it isn't just because your hormones have changed, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Yeah, that does have an effect. Yeah, for sure. Effect, Maybe we haven't it? touched on that. But that's very much the biological effect. And this is what we see throughout all of perimenopause and menopause symptoms. I think things start or kind of have a core that is based on the changes that happen because estrogen progesterone and testosterone are reduced the ovaries aren't working as well and you know you're getting less and less hormone produced and so that's definitely an element but like everything in medicine what you see in front of you that patient who's saying this is what I'm struggling with or this is what I'm now experiencing Mm -hmm. is never 100% related to the biology of what's going on in the body It's that something's happened in the body and then the person has had a reaction to that and then a behavior develops because of it. 
So if, if you think of yourself, completely different situation. If you're thinking you're kind of coming, you're a bit run down, you then get a cold, we're heading into winter, and you think, oh, you know, I just don't feel like it. You don't do as much. No. You don't maybe eat as much. You feel like then really lethargic. You're not sleeping as well. You don't eat um, the right food. Doing so then that has an effect. Exactly. Yeah. And then suddenly what started as like a viral cold turns into, I'm actually really tired. I haven't slept properly for days. I'm really exhausted. I've not been eating well. And on and on and on it goes. And so it is really kind of then escalate from there. Of course, um, yeah. And, it, you know, that just happens with all of it. But that's something as obvious as, oh, gosh, I've got a sore throat, my ears hurt, my nose is running, I'm coughing, I've got a cold. But when you're kind of that, in, you know, I talk about it being quite insidious. How do you know your estrogen is starting to reduce? Mm. Nobody knows that. No. How do you know, like, you're not sleeping very well at the moment because your estrogen is reduced? Like, we know the biology reduced, you know, decreased estrogen does mean that you don't sleep as well. But you don't really kind of click one and one together like that. And so then you don't sleep as well. You get to the weekends, you sleep in a bit more, you might have an afternoon nap. You have a bit of coffee come the evening to boost yourself up. Mm-hmm. And all of these kind of habits and these, well, behaviors start to happen. And if you're not careful, they come into habit very, very easily. Yes. And you kind of slip into that pattern. And then, you you know, that, that never, you know, that never really kind of manifested because you got busy, other things were happening. And then suddenly when you see women, they'd be like, oh, I haven't slept properly for five years. I don't really remember how it started. I don't know what's happening, but I now have afternoon naps. I go to bed all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm up and down out of bed during the night. I'm drinking coffee all through the day just to keep awake when I need to be awake. It's awful. It's hellish. And also I don't have sex anymore because all I can think about yeah. is being in bed is going to sleep. I don't eat very well because my cravings are through the roof. So I need a pick me up all the time. So I'm trying to get that sugar high. I can't. I have no energy, so of course I'm not doing any activity. And suddenly you go, I'm totally overwhelmed. All of these symptoms have come, and I have no idea where it started. And I think this is such a common story for women during this phase. And yes, we can talk about awareness, and I'm all for that, and people going, I need to be more in tune on what's going on. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is actually, I need something that's going to help me right now. And that's where Stella really comes in. I I love someone to kind of just draw the line and take me back to really start afresh and build back good patterns of behavior that will help and give me relief from my symptoms, but also be helping really significant parts of our life for long term health. If you don't sleep well for years on end, Mm -hmm. that has serious long term health consequences. You know, when we think about brain, heart, bone health, Everything that's happening during perimenopause, there's a lot going on, but there's also a lot of opportunity to really set yourself up to be super healthy and develop great kind of habits and routines that kind of really optimize your health as you get older and you're Mm. kind of really trying to push back against the effects of aging. Oh, that's fascinating. Do you know what? A few of the things that, well, everything you've said is amazing, but a couple of things that you hit on is really just, I know that the listeners, it's going to be so helpful. One. Oh, good. Well, no, really. Like, I'm like, like, 
listeners, I know you can't see me, but I'm literally, I was sitting there with my mouth half open just because I'm like, because <laughs> um, one of the things you said, um, the biological things happening, mm. like the, you know, yeah. but that leading on to the habits so that actually, yeah, okay, our hormones are really changing, but mm. we can still, even with the hormones changing, we can still change things to come back to more definitely. how you were before. Yeah, definitely. Um, because definitely. And even not only just before, but even better than you were better. before. Because yeah. probably you, there's other things that go on in our life. You know, for example, if you have a baby, your sleep goes through the roof. Mm. You know, it, it goes out the window. Yeah, the roof. you don't have That's a great if you slept yeah, low. Wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. out the window, I got the wrong one there. And uh-huh. um and so, you know, if you're kind of doing a job where you're doing a lot of flying, your sleep goes out the window as well. So, you know, when we look at people and we see people often in their 40s, maybe younger, if they're going through premature menopause or induced menopause, um, but, you know, they have developed habits for other reasons around their sleeping, their yeah. eating, their activity, their stress management. And it's, so it's a real time to say, actually, you know what? It sounds like this has been a really difficult time around your stress, that you've mm. probably had some anxiety in and out throughout your life related to your work or ill parents or a divorce, house move, all sorts of things. And now you've got the addition of the changes in your hormones, then this is a real time to actually take stock and think, what do I need to put into my life or change to make it much better. And I think the thing is, is there's no, we can lay that all out, but you have to say, actually, I want to engage in that. And I think that's probably the hardest thing. And I would love to be able to unlock that secret um, and be able to say the right thing that it really unlocks for a woman. And I think probably everybody is different. And I think the best thing is that don't be forced by other people around you or Mm -hmm. what a doctor says and things like that. I think People have to wait until they feel this is the time I'm going to do something about it. But I would really recommend that actually it's not as hard as we think it is. We all, including myself, and this is what I'm doing day in, day yeah, out, yeah. will then think, you know, you know, I said to you before we even started, the week's gone really quickly and my to-do list is through the roof, but you can only do what you can do. Do I really believe that? Am I not having a little bit of a stress about what I've got to get done? That's all normal. But I have to kind of retrain myself and and give myself a big, you know, kind of no, you know, what you can do is what you can do and reframe what you're thinking. And I think it's not easy. And we're all the journey doesn't always just go forward. And it's like amazing, amazing, amazing. Everybody's going to step back and forward. But I think if you can start by just doing one thing, Mm. then you're on the right track. Yeah, I think as well. I could, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. A lot of my way of thinking comes from my yoga. And Mm. I have this thing that I teach. um, I mean, I've even had it, I've talked about this lots, but I've got it tattooed on my arm. And it literally says, come, 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 go, go, go. And it's the same with everything. It's that, you know, whether you have a day where you just think, oh, everything's just too much. Mm -hmm. If you keep remembering, yeah, but do you know what? This, This will come and this will go. And yeah. you might have, but, you know, and as you said, you can only do what you can do. Yeah. And so if you take that pressure off, 
you can only do what you can do and that is enough and Mm -hmm. you know and that is how it is um but the thing also that you said along the same lines yet again um is about the habitual stuff now I started saying to people go I never sleep I'm an insomniac and I labeled myself as an insomniac that never sleeps yeah so one day every morning people would ask me did you sleep now I can't lie uh no I didn't and then it Mm. would be a conversation so one day I just said thank you all so much for being so caring and asking me but can Mm -hmm. you never ask me again yeah and I know you feel for me but can you never ask me so that it never becomes a thing anymore insomnia left me yeah because because I didn't talk about it I wasn't telling myself you can't sleep you can't sleep yeah I Mm. might have a night where I don't get as much sleep but I we all have that and that's not just from perimenopause people have normal issues exactly that's it it's normal normal and I think as you say you know you can have a really you know my friend just was moving house and she's like I just haven't slept for the last month and I really do believe her she looked yeah. awful and she was just so stressed but but she kind of was like but it'll be fine when I yeah. you know move house and it'll all be sorted and that's the thing it wasn't making a thing and I think the thing is is that when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're tired tiredness changes our perception of everything. it changes all of our behavior so if you are not sleeping um it's it's a struggle to really, you know, kind of see things in the way they really are. Mm-hmm. But if you can, as you say, just not make a thing of it. Yeah. And with everything, you know, it's like trying to lose weight and all you think about, um, someone was exp- describing how they were getting on at Slimming World. And she said, I just had to stop because all I could think about is what food do I buy? When am I going to prepare it? When am I going to eat it? How many calories has it got? She was like, I was just thinking about food all the time. That I just wanted food all the time. And of course. it was more than I was doing. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. If you And if you keep saying to yourself, I'm not interested in sex, I'm not interested in sex, I'm not interested in sex. But oh then you're God, not going to be, are you? The weekend. Oh, he's going to want to have sex. I don't want to have sex. I'm not interested in sex. And, you know, it, it's not saying that's the only thing, but it definitely doesn't help. And I think just trying to let go of these kind of concrete feelings that yes. this is a fact. I'm not interested in sex. I can't lose any weight, you know, I can't sleep. And actually just think about it like sleep's been difficult sometimes. Yes. At the moment, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling for sex at the moment. And it just, just loosens you. And it, it, it takes your pressure mind. off, doesn't it? And then as soon as pressure's off, then like yeah. you say, all of a sudden you might fancy it tonight. I read, yeah. in, I read in a book actually, and it's quite funny. Um, there was a book and it, it was wonderful. And I wish I could remember the book, but I can't. Uh, but it said something about this libido stage. And it mm-hmm. said, you know, I, I, I can't speak for everyone because I know some people feel embarrassed to even talk to their partners about it, which is really sad. But try to speak to your partner about it and tell them that it isn't anything to do with them either because they yeah. feel un- insecure about it. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but it, in this book, it said something about, how, you know, have a discussion, but then once a week, and it isn't, I'm not saying you should have sex once a week because you owe it to your husband. I'm not saying that at all. But what it mm. said in this book was, make it in a, in a funny way, kind of, 
almost get naked or however you feel comfortable, walk into the bedroom and just smile at each other and see what happens. Sometimes nothing will happen and you can laugh about it. If you kind of had that conversation Mm. of, you know, kind of like, it's just a funny thing that you do and you never know. And I thought that was amazing. Like, yeah, I I thought it was really funny, but probably could help. I haven't done it, by the way, yet, but I will. Um, We will have to do a follow up and be like, I think we got on, Annie. You'll come on (laughs) naked. You're like, I loved it so much. I'm just naked all the time. I've completely changed. (laughs) But no, I think it's where, where it's really good is trying to just break down some of the invisible barriers that we make in our head. And this is a lot that comes up because we've got hormonal changes. They change how we feel and our emotions and our moods. And we start to be, um, we kind of just escalate and spiral very, very quickly. And so just a, a random thought that comes into our mind, oh, he, you know, I mentioned such and such. He didn't seem that interested. It's not about sex. But it was just, you know, I mentioned something. He didn't really want to listen. He can't love me anymore. That's the end of our relationship. Oh, my God, we haven't had sex for six months. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's it. You know, and it all just spirals from there. And so we do a lot in Stella to talk about, actually, do look for the facts. Seek out the facts rather than just thoughts that are coming and going. Because a lot of the thoughts aren't true. We are, our brains are flooded with thoughts Mm -hmm. all the time. And um, you don't need to act on every single one you just got to kind of let them come and as you say let them go things will come and things will go when something is a fact and you found that by kind of looking for the evidence you've actually got to say oh are you 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 don't seem that interested in it and they're like oh no I am sorry I was just thinking about something else Mm. you're like oh okay fine that was nothing to do with me it was literally because he was thinking about something else yes and you're like oh she seemed a bit off with me at work she seemed a bit stressed well no there's something happened at home before she came into work we have this kind of we get more and more like internalizing and think it's all a reflection on us and that really kind of drives our anxiety and our panic and our overwhelm. And it drives our negative thoughts, which then have a kind of cascading effect on so many other areas in our life. Mm. So do definitely just be like thoughts are thoughts, but look for the facts. And then also be thinking about more, just be aware of what you are thinking. And, and if you catch yourself in a very negative cycle, just kind of stop and pull yourself up and think, how did I get into this? What was the starting place? And was that starting place actually valid? Do I need to be worrying or thinking about this or, or, or be concerned with this or getting very anxious about it? Or was it just a random thought that I've then kind of really escalated and made a lot, lot worse? And there isn't actually any evidence this isn't going on at all. I think it's really important. And as you say, when you do something such as just walking into your bedroom naked, you're getting rid of the all those thoughts and you're just actually doing something. So you're not thinking, oh gosh, should I take my clothes off tonight or not? Will he think this? Will he think that? Oh, I don't feel very comfortable in myself. All of that. You're just doing it. And yeah. there's no pressure around it. And you're just going to say, let's just see what happens. And if you, as you say, have a laugh, then that's it. And another thing, Um, which I don't know if it's said in your book, but it's very commonplace, is if you can, you do need to communicate this with your partner so that they don't 
on their side to think, oh gosh, what's going on? But if you just say, look, this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm struggling with it a bit. I feel quite a lot of pressure. I don't feel great in myself or however you're feeling, just communicate that. Mm. It would be great if we could just take sex off the table just for a bit as in not having sex on the table, but just not. <laughs> well, they might. That if might end up being the case. The table, <laughs> you can have it wherever you like, ladies. Yeah. And because what we commonly see is people feel that they fill things up so much. The very thought of having sex is just so scary yeah. and anxious making that they then think I just couldn't possibly and it goes on longer and longer and it becomes more and more of a thing and you say look I'd love to hold your hand I'd love to sit and chat I'd love to be naked in bed but I just can't be in a place where I you know I want to have the security that I think that this won't lead to sex mm. um and then you go okay that's fine and it does for a lot of couples work really well to be like re-engaging in intimacy without thinking that sex has always got to follow up. And then after a time, quite spontaneously, when you're engaging in intimacy, and that literally might just be hand-holding as you're yeah. walking somewhere. Or just a or cuddle. You're both in bed or, yeah. having a cuddle. But then you're like, actually, this is leading somewhere. And it, you're not doing it to lead somewhere but you just find yourself in a situation where it is leading somewhere. And maybe it just moves a little bit more each time, or maybe it goes back, or maybe it stays stationary, and that's all fine. But I would just always say communication is key, and there's no right. This can go on for as long or as little as what yeah. time you want, but it's also just saying as long as you and your partner both know. Because if suddenly you want this to happen and you haven't told your partner, then they're going to be like, oh, so what, what's changed now? Mm-hmm. And then that makes them feel difficult. And then they feel more difficult and they will react in a different way. And then that will feed your insecurity that, yeah. oh my gosh, my partner's out now acting differently. And, and it just, it just, you just see it. And it's really like when you see people talk and it's really interesting that where the woman who is, is going through perimenopause with all these symptoms, will have kind of got to a very top shelf. I talk, you know, everything's extreme. You know, my partner doesn't love me. I put on tons of weight. I can't sleep. You know, I, I can't, you know, have no energy left at all. Everything's at the very extreme end yes. of everything. And then you go, so, so how much weight have you actually put on? Or, you know, okay, do you still love your partner? Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of bringing it back down. What's the actual fact here? And I'm not saying that none of this is easy. And no, I don't really, you know, I honestly don't believe that any one thing is the only thing you need to do. It's no. really trying to just just be compassionate with yourself and allow yourself that you are changing due to the biology. That's having an effect on you. And you need to take some time to like rediscover yourself and re mm. kind of look at what you're doing, your habits and your patterns of behavior and look at, are they working for you and are they not? And the ones that aren't, what can you just tweak a little bit to make work a bit better? And then that will really lead to actually giving you that relief from whatever symptom that you're mm. being most bothered by. Do you know what? Honestly, Michelle, I'm. this is amazing today. Oh. And no, honestly, and genuinely... I think that if there are any women that are listening who find it 
difficult to speak to their partner about this. I think mm-hmm. this podcast, they should play it to their partner. Yeah. yeah. If they could hear all of this, it might just take a little bit of the pressure off as well. Because yeah. I think it is definitely, it needs to be communicated. And if you find it difficult, then, mm-hmm. you know, let let them hear yes, this. Or, definitely. Because it's not putting any, it's not, it's, it, it's not, bl- putting blame on anyone it is literally this is a two-way thing here if it is if you know if there's a partnership there's two people who have been affected by this menopause yeah um, in this definitely when we're talking about the sex and it's really important about um understanding but you say you know partners are affected by everything like they're seeing that that woman is changing in front of them and you know by and large most people in good relationships they don't want to see that. They don't. No. It's not that they don't want to see change, but if it's not, if it's a they want to help. Change, they, they want to help. Yeah. You know, they're saying you've seen down, you've seen this. But, you know, I think a lot of people, in my experience, partners, especially men, male partners, are saying, I have no idea. I don't mm. really know how to help. I don't want to, I definitely don't want to make anything worse. So I think that if I don't say anything, that's probably the safest place to be. And you can understand that. And yeah. then that just, you know, that becomes a place where then a lot doesn't get discussed. And I think that when I say, look, you know, even just one little bit of actually, you know, actually, you know, you know, when when let's say that the woman has agreed and say, look, I've just examined the woman and what we've seen. Um, she wanted me to tell you, like if I'm thinking in gynae yeah, clinic yeah. and they would have come together. And I'd, of course, I'd ask the, 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 the lady and say, look, are you happy? Do you want me to speak to your partner in front of you? Do you want me mm-hmm. just to speak to you? How do you want it? And they said, no, it'd be great if you could explain what's going on to my partner. I said, yeah, of course. And I'm like, you know, let's just take the pain and the soreness. I say, you know, um, you know, your partner is going through perimenopause, lots of different hormonal changes happening. One of them is a lot less estrogen. That has a direct effect on the tissue. And what we mean by that is all the genitalia, so all of the vulva, the vagina, mm-hmm. um, and all that surrounding area. It's painful. It's sore. And I describe it, I say it's like tissue paper now. And it rips and it hurts and it bleeds. It's difficult to even wipe yourself after going to the toilet. So the thought, even just the thought of having sex and having somebody on top of you and having that pressure on that area is enough to just put you off it, let alone actually having full penetrative sex. It's nothing about you. You haven't changed as a man. Nothing has happened. You've not done it wrong. There's not been any problems. This is related to the hormonal changes. We can fix the hormone changes, but obviously we, you know, She's going to be anxious. She's going to be nervous. Mm. Is it going to be painful? Is it is it going to be difficult? She wants things to be happy and everything like this. And every single time it's like, thank you so much. I didn't realize that. That's really helpful. Of course. This sounds horrendous. This is awful. Anything I can do. Anything you could suggest. Aww, you know, yeah. this is where people want to be. And then you come back and you see that actually it's going to take time. You can fix it with greens and stuff, but you need to work on taking it slowly to get back into having sex. She needs to feel comfortable. She may need to change position, Mm -hmm. be on top to be in control. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's great. Other times it's too painful and there's no reason for it. No one's to blame. It's just one of those things, you know, just flow with it. And I think 
just releasing that as you say release the pressure from things mm. provide a bit of knowledge and understanding yeah. is really useful um and it and Definitely. it just really is helpful I just think if everybody could do that with their partners if obviously they're with a, a yeah. man um to just that that would take and then you haven't got any of the pressure on you yeah because it's it's natural it can be uncomfortable, but you have this discussion. And then the partner doesn't feel so helpless. The woman doesn't feel so pressured, doesn't feel so anxious. And then the stress is gone. And then maybe even they might cuddle and have better night's sleep as well because they're not lying yeah. there fretful about Worried what they about should it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, um, gosh, see, I knew this would happen. We'd get chatting and chatting and chatting. Um, <laughs> One, I might, before we do, Karen, I must quickly say on here, this is to my listeners and to you, sorry, there was a lot of noise on today. It wasn't even the trains. Of all the days, they were strimming. I think it was the train line oh. decided to strim all of the <laughs> trees out the back. It's like, no. So I hope that wasn't off-putting for you. So anyway, before we finish, two things. But firstly, I have to ask the question, Michelle. My podcast is called, I don't know how it happened, but. So if, well, of course you have. There's, there's got to be something, but it could be the tiniest thing. It could be a funny thing. It could be serious, anything. Is there anything that comes to mind? In, I mean, mine, go back to like minor through my whole life. So just any, anything at all. I don't know how yeah. it happened, but. <laughs> What's yours? I think, um, I think the thing that happened is, you know, when you just catch yourself, I was thinking about this the other day when you asked me, and there's moments in your life where you kind of almost step out and you catch yourself, you look at yourself and you think, mm. what's going on here? And I, I do, one really sticks out. So it was about half 11 in the morning and I, it was a weekday and I was in hospital and uh, that was when I was working in gynecology and I was in a colposcopy clinic. So this is um, looking after women who've had a smear done and they've got an abnormal smear, smear mm. and then they're referred into clinic to be reviewed by somebody I've like had me. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you will understand. I'll understand. I'm totally. to I've had this. And I used to do this like day in, day out. Yeah. But if for some reason that day I was sitting doing it and if you've had one and as you know Annie basically to kind of set the scene mm -hmm. the lady that the patient is laying on the bed and the um, legs are up in stirrups definitely you may have that when you're having a smear done at the GP but definitely when you come to colposcopy clinic in the hospital your legs are up in stirrups and the bottom end of the bed is gone and so that you know me can sit mm -hmm. on a chair and I can get right up close to the vagina because I've got all sorts of instruments and a microscope and all sorts to actually get between the legs. <laughs> I, just, I just had this moment where I just found myself, you know, like on my fifth patient thinking, half past 11 on a Wednesday morning, and here I am. <laughs> and I don't know what it was. This is what I've done for years. This is all I've ever done. But it just made me think, wow, this is my life. I just... But my life was between <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a real and I said to the nurse who was with me I said does it ever just feel a bit odd <laughs> most of the time it doesn't but today it just felt like gosh this is what my job is 
I'm not sure I remember being a kid thinking, this is what I yeah. thought was being a doctor in my scrum between legs. <laughs> and just, you know, doing doing what I needed to do in colposcopy clinic. But it was really good. And it just, Aww. you know, and I wouldn't change it for the world. No. I, and that was the lovely bit of it. And I think that's the kind of important bit of my, I um, don't know how it happened really, is that I don't, you know, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I never thought about doing obstetrics and gynecology. Um, that came quite late on. You know, there's people at med school who were like, I know exactly what I want to be. I've been wanting to do this for the last 10 years. I've read all the books and everything. And I was definitely in the minority where I just think, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. And then, yeah, it just, it kind of just rolled and it just happened. And there I found myself doing obstetrics and gynecology. And I absolutely loved gynecology. And I loved doing everything to do with women's health. And that really is where my thing lies that, you know, whether that's to an individual woman, when I definitely practice clinically, I loved having that interaction of explaining things, of being like, this is what's happening, this isn't happening, don't worry about this, there's no nothing yeah. to blame, just much of what we've talked about now. And, and I did definitely love my job and all sorts of things that happened and all sorts of things that I've seen. Um, and now I just love that I've been able to scale it out and have it in, oh, you know, speak it. to so many more people about it and and basically just help a lot more people so I really hope somebody's taken something from this podcast today I would love that they will have definitely taken more than something I'll tell you and they've got healthy between their legs yeah that's really funny that your thought because to be totally honest whenever I've gone for a smear I always think in my head why do you do this job? <laughs> so the women that you're seeing are thinking the same thing yeah, as you are probably. I know. And I think it's just thinking that, you know, uh, you, if that's the, that was the moment of trying to describe of like, you don't really think what you're doing. And then on that day, I just thought, yeah, I'm just sitting in between this lady's legs. And yes, this is a funny old job, isn't it? Brilliant. But I love it. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. So I guess I wanted to, well, one, thank you for coming on because it has been brilliant and I know everybody would get so much from this. But just I want to finish off. No, definitely. Honestly, Michelle, amazing. So how can women, women, you know, get on Stella? Stella. Obviously, you can. We must say that. Having spent like an hour talking about it. Absolutely. I'm so sorry that it's gone on. No. No, not at all. Um, so if women are interested to try, then it's open, um, available, I should say, on iOS. So that's your Apple iPhone, iPads. You can go to the Apple store if you um, just search in there, Stella, um, Stella for menopause, menopause and Stella, those two things, then you should be able to find it. If you have a look on Instagram, you will fa- find our account at rely underscore on underscore Stella or my account at the doctor called, um, which is T-H-E-D-R-C-A-L-L-E-D, at the doctor called. Do give us a follow if you're interested in any more information around this. I do a lot of kind of lives and posts on that. But in our bio, you will find a link to download Stella, and you can find it there um, if you don't find it on the Apple Store or you want to just go straight there on Instagram. Um, and then also we've got it on our website as well. If you just want to know a little bit more about Stella, do check out our website. It's www.onstella.com. 
And the great thing about that is um, there's loads of blogs on there as well. So women's stories, but blogs that I've written about different things like from a clinician's point of view about HRT, not HRT, and all that kind of things. So that just gives you a flavor of what you will see on Stella. And you can download it on Stella from our website there too as well. There's three different ways. Wow. Well, I'll also make sure that all of those are written in the notes. Oh, perfect. Thank you. So everybody can get you there. And um, Stella is wonderful. There's no doubt. So thank you for sharing. And who knew we'd get on to such deep conversations about sex? I I think it's brilliant. And I think (laughs) it's it's one that is a real biggie. And I just think that... It doesn't get talked about very much. It It definitely doesn't get talked about enough. So I hope today's been useful. And I found it great. I loved it. I love talking to you, Annie. It's fantastic. Oh, me too, Michelle. It's lovely. So thank you. And uh, I will definitely, well, I'm going to be on Stella. So, um, (laughs) and uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Okay. So thank you, Michelle. It's been lovely. So listeners, do... um, Do write to me on Instagram with any questions you have on this episode or any of my other episodes before now. Catch up if you haven't listened to them. And remember, ladies, please, please, please just love yourselves. Have a lovely week and you can tune in again next Friday. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe and leave a review and rating. Well, if it's good. Or better still, let me know if you've got any I don't know how it happened moments or maybe a question on the menopause. You can message me on Instagram at Let Life Be Yoga, Facebook at Let Life Be Yoga, or why don't you let life be yoga? You could come and do a class with me. Why not? I've been your host, Annie Hayes-Pantony, and I really hope you join me again soon. Take care.